Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-use styles. Since having kids, I have kind of lost my personal style and I'm using Armoire to help me find it again while trying out different brands and styles without having to add more physical stuff to my wardrobe. And I have a few events that are coming up that I know I am going to want some fancier items to wear than the items that I own. And I don't really want to go shopping for items that are going to sit in my closet without being worn after that one day. I hate the waste that that creates and I love that Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for any occasion and then send it back. I'm just really grateful that I have Armoire to help me dress for the occasion without having to add something to my closet permanently that I know I'm only gonna be wearing once. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armwire.style slash minimalish. That's armwire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armwire today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and before we get started, let me be clear. This podcast isn't just about minimalism. It's a podcast about living fully. Over the past few years, I've learned that living with a little less in our homes and on our calendars leads to less cluttering up our minds, which simply helps give us the space to give our time and thoughts to the things that actually matter. So what do we talk about on here? We talk about minimalism and decluttering and how to get there, yes. But we also have conversations about pursuing intentionality in the things that matter, like our motherhood, faith, relationships, work, and mindset. Minimalish is a podcast for the women committed to contentment and loving the life in front of them, committed to living with a little less so they can create space for the things that matter most. What it's not about, how many spoons you should have, or any kind of rules or legalistic minimalism that promises you'll be happier if you just get rid of more stuff. Getting rid of stuff isn't what will make you happy. It's about the life you live with the new space you find. If that sounds good to you, grab a mug of whatever you like and stick around. I'm so grateful you're here. Hey friend, welcome back to Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and this is episode 67. 
Today, I've got another guest episode for you. I am bringing on a friend of mine, Megan Jedlinski, and I met Megan just online on Instagram. And fun fact, she has an online dating story with her husband that you'll want to listen in for. But today, we are going to be talking all about having less in our closets, how to take action steps towards that. Megan used to be a personal stylist where she helped people love their closet by paring down and having less in it. So she talks about that today. And she also talks about the changes that she's went through, through being a mom and through stories of loss. And we talk about this concept of showing up in our everyday life. This is a conversation that I actually had a while ago, but I was really inspired by it. And that word show up has been in my head really ever since, ever since I chatted with Megan and this concept of showing up for our days. Her story is just encouraging and relatable, and I love her perspective of progress over perfection in every area and everything that we talk about today, and I think it's going to encourage you as well. So before we dive in, though, I have one thing to tell you, and that is we are going to do a book club together. This is the Minimalish Book Club. We are going to be reading books that deal with personal development in the areas of intentional living in general. And I'm not going to say that we'll never read fiction, but we are just starting right now with nonfiction, with that personal development. And we're starting out with one of my favorite books, especially on the topic of minimalism, but it's really one of my favorite books that I've read in recent years, and that is Chasing Slow by Erin Lochner. If you haven't read this book, you have to join us, even if you have... If you enjoyed it, I think you would really enjoy reading along again or just joining in the book club and the conversations that are going to take place. We'll have virtual book club meetings and we are going to read one book every two months because we all know less is more, right? Not that you can't read as many books as you want to and if you are a reader and you read a lot, that's totally okay, but I know we, not all of us, can accomplish a book a month and we just don't have space for that and we don't want to make space for that and that's okay. So I thought if we could read just one book together every two months and that second month we implement what we're reading and we actually do a challenge based off of the content of the book that we read and I'll get author interviews anytime that I can. With Chasing Slow, we do definitely have an author interview. So for February and March, we are going to be reading Chasing Slow. I've got book club materials coming out to you next Wednesday. So stay tuned for all of that. You can go to DesireeEndries.com slash book club. That's DesireeEndries.com slash book club to find out more about it. It's all going to be run through Patreon. So if you don't know much about Patreon, you can find that info all on that website, DesireeEndries.com slash book club. And this is going to be something that is ongoing. So I'll be talking more about it. You'll get more info about it just by listening in. But I really hope you join us. I am more than excited to be hosting a book club and reading together and talking about books together. I love books, if you didn't know. So I cannot wait to start. The link for all of that will be in the show notes as well. So you can head there. But let's now dive into my conversation with Megan. Hey, Megan. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to chat with you. So let's start out. Just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do and just what you love, all of that. Okay. Um, well, thank you so much for having me, first of all. When I when I was first introduced to you, I think we connected through Instagram first. I was like, minimalish. I'm like, I love that. That's totally what I'm all about. So, um, So thank you so much for having me. 
Uh, so I am a stay-at-home mom to a two-year-old daughter, and she's just awesome. We love her. Um, I've also, my husband, we actually just celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary, which is kind of crazy to think about. I feel like I have to give a little shout out to MySpace because that's how we met. And we were <laughs> way ahead of our time, I guess, in the online dating world. Um, that that's awesome. Thanks a bit. Um, we live in Chicago now, um, but we're actually breaking ground today on a new home which is just in a suburb, just neighboring Chicago. So that's very exciting. And let's see a little bit else about me. So my daughter actually goes to school two days a week. So kind of during those days, like more time for myself and I'm working on launching a new business right now. So I did have a blog and I'm trying to figure out what kind of place that has in this new business. So I'm not posting a ton and same on social. I'm working on launching a sustainable toy brand that inspires imaginative play, which was inspired by my daughter. And just kind of what I've learned more now about like toxins and what's kind of in the some of the materials of toys that we have now, it really inspired me to come up with a line of toys that doesn't have a lot of waste and it's really safe for our kids. And so I started woodworking last year. And so I've just kind of been tinkering around on that, going to classes and working out in our garage and brainstorming ideas. So that's kind of what I have a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on right now. So that's kind of what I dedicate most of my time to. Okay, um, that's, yeah. that's awesome. So a couple of things. One, congrats on 10 years of marriage. <laughs> Two, congrats on a new home. That's so exciting. And three, that's just really cool that you um, have kind of started this new business that is inspired by your daughter and creative play. I love that. And I didn't know that about you actually. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? So I had this idea when my daughter was born and just like different products I would see and I'd be like, huh, I wonder if I could make like a wooden version of that or is there something already out on the market? And so I just kind of started brainstorming. But then at that time I had my wardrobe styling business and then that with a newborn, I was like, okay, well, that's just not it just wasn't where I wanted to be at that point in my life. And then um, fast forward until she was about a year old. By that time, I had closed my styling business. And I was just being a stay not just being the same, I was a stay at home mom. And we found out that we were pregnant, but I ended up losing the baby and or the pregnancy, I should say. And I just kind of hit this rock bottom. And two years before we had lost a, our son at 20 weeks. And when I how I coped with that is I kind of became really isolated and just kind of took everything in and just was pretty down for, for several months. And it just kind of really rocked my world. And this time around, I was like, you know what, life still goes on. And I really wanted to, you know, I had this idea. And I'm like, you know what, now's the time, like, you know, if I'm not pregnant, like I have time now to dedicate to, you know, this, this other dream, this other baby per se, um, that I can have the energy for. So I just started taking intro classes to woodworking. And since then, I've you know, continue those classes. And now I'm learning new software um, programs that can kind of take my, my ideas to the next level and kind of playing around with that and seeing where it goes. Okay, that's amazing. That it's amazing that you took something that's just so hard and, and sad and were able to, I don't know, take something positive out of it and, and create something. Um, and 
like what a really, I feel like complex thing. It's just really cool that, um, I love to learn new things. So it sounds like you're like that too, but it's just really cool that you're learning this multifaceted thing. And um, I'll be definitely following along with that because I can't wait to see what you create. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited for it. And I think the biggest thing for me, it's nice to have something that I can do um, hands on. I always love to do stuff with my hands, but I just never found anything that duck and this kind of gets me into a zone. And so I'm really enjoying it too. So I'm, I'm trying to remember to enjoy it and not just, you know, have a business hat on that all the time. And yeah, kind of take it in stride. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to actually talk about some wardrobe things a little bit, which is, like you said, what you have done in the past. And and I'd love to, I know that some of your story kind of has something to do with maybe simplifying your closet. So can you talk to me a little bit about your story in general? Because from what I know, just through following along with you and through reading around on your blog, it seems like minimalism for you came out of a low point. What What pain point did that come out of for you? Yeah. So this was, gosh, I don't even know now, probably four or five years ago. At the time I was doing uh, fashion blogging and wardrobe styling. I think I always really loved like fashion and had a pretty large closet um, full of who knows what. Mm -hmm. And my, my thought process was like, you know, the more they have, the more stylish you could be. That was just kind of my way of thinking with it. Um, At that time I was still struggling with anxiety, depression, eating disorders, like you name it. I was just kind of still trekking along, even though I was on different medications, going to therapy, going, you know, trying all the things. And um, I eventually started seeing a life coach and she had me look at this wheel of life and it just kind of had you assess the different areas, whether it be your relationship, career, finances, and then environment. And she goes, well, how's your environment? I'm like, oh, it's fine. You know, our, our house is usually clean. Um, my, not my areas so much, but she and kind of we dove into that a little bit more. And one of our other bedrooms was my closet and just full of like craft stuff and just I don't even know what was in there, but you could hardly walk in there. There was just so much stuff. And it just made me think about, oh my gosh, this all of this clutter is translating into my head and kind of affecting me in more ways than I could have ever imagined. So it was just kind of this aha moment for me. And I remember leaving that a, a meeting that I had with my life coach and just kind of diving into minimalist blogs. And I'm sure, I think some of them you probably interviewed on here. It just kind of got me thinking like, oh my gosh, there's a whole other way that I could be living. And maybe obviously what I'm doing isn't working. So even though I had been purging my closet every so often, you know, every season, I'd be like, I'll get rid of a few pieces here and there. I finally decided like the things have to go. Like none of this stuff is, is helping me get to where I want to be in life. And so in addition to the, uh, the uh, blogs that I was reading, I picked up Marie Kondo's book, um, I can't, I'm drawing a blank on it. Uh, life-changing magic of tidying up. Yeah. And, and then I got to work and it just seemed to kind of happen really fast. And I just pulled out everything out of my closet and wardrobe. And I was just, do you love it? Yes. No. And I think I got rid of about 80% of my wardrobe and I just kind of haven't looked back from that. So that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you kind of talked about what you know, what that looked like for you, overhauling your wardrobe, getting rid of 80% of it. If someone was talking to you that really loved fashion and they were like, I don't even, how is that even possible that that's going to help me? What do you think? Like, what is the reason? Why has this been a game changer for you? And, you know, even if you still love clothes, like why should we have less in our closets? 
I think for me, it was really interesting because I, before I got rid of so much of my closet, I described my style as kind of a chameleon. Some days I would be like, wear something kind of feminine. Other days it'd be classic. Some days it'd be tomboyish. And I, I didn't really have a style just because I was buying a lot of things that were either I got them because they were on sale or, you know, my sister didn't want anymore. So I was just kind of absorbing all of these clothes that, you know, weren't necessarily what I truly, truly loved. And I think by virtue of getting rid of everything and just hanging on to the things that you love, you, you're like, oh my gosh, I actually do have a style and it's this. And I know that I love these colors. I love these silhouettes. And it just kind of starts to all come together. And I, I saw that a lot with the clients that I worked with. When we, you know, they kind of had these same fears. They were very, you know, scared about getting rid of all these clothes. How am I going to have style? Am I still going to have, you know, cute outfits? And usually by the end, we'd, I would always have all of their clothes that we kept on a clothing rack. And it was so cool to see all of a sudden just this, you know, went from being a mishmash to they have a color palette already right there. They have different, you know, structures and pieces that they're naturally drawn to. And so, you know, and, and by that, you just feel you enjoy getting dressed and you, by the fact that they have similar silhouettes or structures or colors, you can mix and match so much more. Um, and those pieces were already there, but obviously you can see them now because they're not cluttered with everything else. So, and I think it just makes it easier when you're shopping now too, because if you're sticking to certain colors, then, you know, you don't have the whole store anymore. You're just kind of zooming in on, you know, a certain section and it makes shopping more enjoyable that way as well. You just, you're, you're naturally drawn now to things as opposed to being like, Oh wait, should I get that? Cause that's on sale or, Oh wait, that would be cute. But does that work in my wardrobe? Yeah, I can relate. I definitely would just buy anything that was on sale and I thought would look cute or, you know, I always found myself like wanting to follow along with trends, but then like a year later, I was like, this does definitely does no longer work. For me. Um, so since you like, you've worked with people and you've helped people do this, do you have certain steps that you suggest? Um, I know you said you kind of like did the Marie Kondo thing yourself, but sometimes we feel attached to our clothes. So actually letting go and just like, you know, getting rid of our maybe monster of a closet in general. Yeah. Um, so I would actually always suggest for clients to read Marie's book. Um, I just thought that that was so helpful. And I think it just kind of set the tone for what was to come. But aside from that, getting clear on what you want out of life, what your values are, what's your why, kind of identify what season are you at in life? What purpose do clothes play for you um, at this point? I was just out. Um, I had gone to, it's a secondhand store by us called Crossroads. I don't know if you guys have one by you, but I had found these super cute wool, um, like cropped black pants and they were in great condition. I was like, these are so cute. But I was like, I just don't have any, like I'm just don't have a place room on my closet right now. It's just not the season of life that I'm in. So just by kind of checking in, just allows me to be like, oh, you know what? Those are cute, but someone else will get a lot more wear out of them than I would. Um, but honestly, I think it's your why. And then another thing that helped me a lot was I think by virtue of just getting clear on what I was allowing into my wardrobe, I really checked into quality. And then I started to learn about where my clothes came from, which was something that I never really gave a thought to before. You know, how was it impacting the people that were making it, the earth, the animals, um, true cost. I don't know if you've watched that at all. 
that's a documentary on fast fashion and just the fashion industry in general. Um, that was really, it was really heartbreaking to see. And so I think sometimes it's easy to be tempted by what we see, you know, coming through Instagram or Pinterest and be like, Oh, I want that. I need that. And seeing things like that and just kind of being more aware of how our purchases of clothing specifically impact so much of the world and its people. Um, like that's just a great like reality check for me. Do I actually need this and, and how is it affecting more than just myself? Yeah, I love that. So what are your tips on kind of curating, you know, as we maybe need to or just want to add a few more things to our closet? Um, yeah, so I think it's, I think first and foremost, it's practicing like progress over perfection, that mentality and not being super rigid in and all of it, at least that's what, for me personally, what has worked. Um, I find that rigidity doesn't get me very far, and I end up getting more stressed out or analysis paralysis because I'm like, oh, does it check all the boxes? You know, I, I try where I can and when I can. Um, so I think it's, it's giving yourself a little leeway with that. And um, for me, it's, you know, what do you see in your closet? You know, what do you have already? What, are there any gaps? And if you can identify those first, that's really helpful. And then you can kind of go from there and, you know, what kind of pieces would I want then? Do I shop secondhand? Can I find it from, you know, sustainable or an ethical brand? Or, you know, is it a piece that I'm just going to pick up and it's going to be one that maybe it doesn't check any of those boxes, but I'm going to get a lot of wear out of it or it's going to make me feel amazing. So, you know, I think it's finding a balance across the board. You know, there are still pieces that I can pick up today and I'm like, I'm trying to think of where I um found something. Oh, it's for my daughter. We were at Target and I was like, oh, and like normally for her too, I try to buy secondhand or for sustainable brands. But you you know, with having a little toddler, almost toddler, they go through things, they can go through things. And like for daycare, for instance, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to pick up this t-shirt and because she definitely needs one and she needs one that I'm not going to care if it gets a ton of pain on it and, you know, just totally torn up. Yeah, absolutely. I I love that idea of just like not seeking perfection in it. So what I'd love to hear from you, because we were talking before we hit record and you were talking about how you've been really intentional with your daughter's wardrobe. And this is definitely somewhere that I struggle just because we get a lot of gifts. So let's talk about this. Let's dive into this a little bit. How have you curated a wardrobe for your daughter that is intentional and minimal. How, how does that work for you with a toddler? So it kind of started before she was born when we were going to be have, you know, talking about having a baby shower and we just decided to have, call it, you know, celebration of our daughter coming because we um, were afraid that if we played a little shower, we were going to get all these gifts and we made it clear on the invitation that we uh, did not want any gifts. We actually had um, requested if they wanted to do something that they donate to the Children's Heart Foundation in honor of the um, our baby Jay that we had lost previously. And so that kind of helped, I think, set the tone. And then it was also talking to our parents about where we were at with the things that we wanted for her, not just with clothes, but for toys too. So I think that just kind of helps to put it out to other people because a lot of times, and it's still you can't control if people get you things. I mean, that's just going to happen um, regardless. But 
but that helped. And then I just kind of approached her wardrobe like I did mine. It was a lot of neutrals. And for me, it's the black, white, and gray. And I kind of, in the back of my mind thought, well, if we do have another kid, and if it's a boy, then a lot of the stuff we'll be able to, you know, re- reuse, um, which was great. As I shop for her now, you know, I do incorporate like a couple accent colors I think about. And, you know, yeah, just like what I can mix and match. And I buy a lot from secondhand, or there's also a handful of brands that I've really grown to love and the quality is really great. So I've been able to, you know, stretch, you know, shorts or pants or a top since when she was six months old to just about when she was two years old. And I buy a little bit bigger. So, you know, they may be a little larger on her initially, but then they last a little bit longer too. Yeah, that's great. I love that because I think that our children's wardrobes can become one of the most, at least for me, I know this is true, one of the most overwhelming areas to try to keep minimal because they're always growing. And um, so I love that you suggest honest conversations with, with family. How, what was that like for you? Do you feel like your family has been really receptive to that? Or have you struggled with getting a lot for her as well that you don't necessarily want to keep around? Yeah, it's, I mean, it is a little bit of a struggle. And I think it's just, I don't know, I don't know if it's like our society or what, but you know, grandparents can shower their grandkids with gifts. I mean, that's just kind of what I have grown up to to know. And so I think it's, you know, as much as I would love for them to just get her anything as she wants, and for me to get her anything that I think that she wants, um, it, it, it is hard. And I also try to keep in mind how much this has impacted my life in a positive way and hope that by it just being a norm for her from such a young age that it just, you know, she gets used to it and hopefully sees, hopefully sees the benefit. But again, not having rigidity with, with her, um, her wardrobe as well. One thing we also do to keep from getting too much is her holidays, for instance, that's a tough one for us because I'm like, Oh, like, what's she going to wear on Christmas? Or what's she going to wear on, we don't, I'm trying to think of another occasion, like her birthday. But I try to just think about how am I going to feel after the fact? Am I going to feel better if I go and buy one thing that she's going to wear once? You know, am I going to feel the next day like, oh, she could have just worn this and been just as cute and been just as enjoyable of a celebration. And I keep that in mind. And except for like Halloween, for instance, we ended up getting her her first year uh, costume off the rack. And so again, it's it's finding that non-rigidity balance, if you could say that. I just love that you have your values in mind, but that doesn't mean it's not like a strive for perfection for you. And I think that's important to keep in mind with striving for simple in general. It's when we make it about perfection, then it becomes, it becomes unsimple. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about this hashtag that you use on Instagram. I am really excited about hearing more about like what it means to you because I just, I really love this phrase and the hashtag is simply show up. So can you talk more about this concept? Because um, I just want to know like what that means to you, why you use it. Um, We were even talking before about how it's kind of like the meaning has changed um, as your seasons change. So tell me about that. Yeah, so I started it, this was back last fall, we were on, we were on a trip um, with my sister, my husband, and our daughter, we we're just kind of sitting around talking about just clothes in general, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm not really into fashion anymore, it's just, it's just too much work right now, and I don't have the energy or the time for it, and um, you know, at this point, I'm just wearing 
you know, my workout clothes all day, every day and not doing my hair or makeup, which, you know, was fine. Like for me, it didn't, it didn't really matter. And then I was like, but maybe it does. Maybe I actually do still really love clothes and how they make me feel and, you know, putting my very minimal makeup on. And so I decided like, why don't I start this challenge and, and see if I can, you know, get myself to get ready every day, spend, you know, five, 10 minutes, whatever it is. And just, you know, in my, in my head, it was, you know, simply show up and how would my day be if I were to do that? And it was a really fun challenge to do. I ended up like posting every day and it definitely made me show up in ways for the day that were different than I was previously. And it just, it just makes you feel better. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. When I look at myself in the mirror, I catch a glance. I'm like, Oh, I actually, actually like look like I'm awake today or what have you. And the one thing though, I think that I took away from it too, was just posting so much. I think I was just showing up so much on social media. And for me, posting every day was not something I was used to. And I think at that point when I started it, I had just taken a two month hiatus. Um, but no, I mean, overall, the, the challenge was really great. And I think what I've kind of learned since then is just showing up is, it's kind of taken on a new meaning. And again, I think it just depends on what season of life you're in. And the other day I was thinking to myself, I, I'm trying to cut back on um, caffeine. So I've eliminated coffee from my, uh, from my daily routine and I didn't have coffee, but I, and I also, you know, got out to our garage and started a new project that I'd been procrastinating on getting to because I'm afraid of it's going to turn out horribly. But I got out there for, you know, an hour and I messed it up so bad, but I didn't care because I, in my mind, I'm like, I just showed up. I just started it. And that day, even though I didn't get dressed or, you know, into hair and makeup on, I got out to the garage. I didn't drink the coffee. And like, those were my ways of showing up for myself that day. That's yeah. a very long-winded answer to your question. No, but. no, that's so good. I love that because I love how like at first for you, I mean, it was just for kind of like maybe coming back to a part of yourself that maybe motherhood kind of, not that you lost it, but it was just like, okay, it took the back burner. And now it's just about, you know, when we are in the throes of motherhood, it's so easy to just make excuses for, I don't know, I don't have time or like, why does it even matter to get whatever, get dressed or get dressed for the day or put me put a little bit of makeup on and for, you know, whatever, apply it to whatever matters to you or whatever mattered to you, maybe like before kids. And I just think if we give all of that up, we really lose a lot of ourselves. And, you know, I just love the idea of like, okay, it doesn't have to be perfect, but I'm going to show up for this amount of time, even if I mess it up, or even if it's not what it could have been, if I had hours to do this, like you're just showing up. So that's, I just love that. Give me an example of what does this look like for you right now in this season? Um, or even just like, I don't know, tips for a mom who feels like maybe she has lost some sense of like something she loved before. No. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head when it's just, you know, like showing up, even if it's like for five, 10 minutes for something, because a lot of times I think, especially as a new mom, we our our time is very minimal and it's very sporadic. And so we don't know when like our kid's going to wake up from the nap or when like we're going to be needed for something else. And so for me now, it's, I'm definitely a lot more mindful of the mornings that, you know, if I'm going to go work at a coffee shop all day, or I'm going to be, you know, going 
to run errands with my daughter or go to a, a class with her, I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, I've got, you know, the five, 10 minutes or whatever it is to like, you know, throw on like some jeans or like a cute top or um, make sure like my hair is all put together or whatever. And, and knowing that that will make me feel good. And then, you know, another day could be, oh, you know what, I'm just going to be out in the garage or I'm going to be, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. So that day, it just looks like I'm getting out and working on my new project, or maybe it's writing for 10 minutes or listening to an audio book for 10 minutes that I've been wanting to get started. And a lot of times I think simply showing up helps me just get started and can help so many people just get started. For me, I'm very all or nothing. So unless I have five hours to listen to an audiobook straight through, then why do I even bother starting? Um, but you know, if we can just get used to doing, taking these like little snippets, and then seeing how much we can actually accomplish by by just showing up for those you know little moments of time, it really adds up. I know that I I have struggled with comparison. I think is always a problem, but especially when it comes to this idea of showing up, like if we're looking at how someone else is showing up and comparing ourselves to them, that can, I think, keep us not wanting to show up at all. So I wanted to kind of throw that out there too, of just, you know, don't necessarily look around unless you're looking at it for inspiration and you're actually going to take it as that. (laughs) Right. No, exactly. Yeah. Because we're, yeah, we all show up in so many different ways. And I think one of the cool parts too about doing it is I I found that it's helped me create some new habits by doing it because it just by, you know, doing something for a little bit every day, then it just starts to become more habitual and not such a thing. And like this, like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. Like I realized that with my nighttime routine, I hated doing my nighttime routine. Like the end of the night comes, I just want to go to bed. I don't want to wash my face. I got my contact. It's just too much. And now I'm like, oh, I do it now without even really thinking about it. And it takes all of five minutes to do. Yeah. Habit building is so key um, when it comes to just showing up in general. And I also felt that way about eating your routine. (laughs) Sometimes I still do. I'm like, seriously, why? Oh, yeah. I have my days still. (laughs) Okay. Well, I love this conversation. So I have a couple of questions for you um, that I ask every guest before we kind of end our conversation. So the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now? I am simplifying our cleaning products right now. And that just was, um, I've been meaning to do it, but figure out how to make all the different um, cleaning supplies, just using stuff that you can find at home or the grocery store. And then, yeah, so we're simplifying that. Yeah, that's great. I, we, um, I've done that with like a multi-purpose cleaner and I found that I've used it for, I use it for almost everything now. So I'm kind of at this point where I can let go of the rest of the stuff. Um, okay. And then last thing is, what is something that you can't stop talking about right now? I've been on an audio book kick. So I feel like I'm just constantly talking to my sister and my husband about like, oh my gosh, I learned this and that, or do you know this? So that's been my, um, and I'm, they're all self-help too. My husband will ask like, oh, what fun fiction thing are you listening to? I'm like, nope. I'm just all <laughs> Give me all the things to learn. Um, so yeah, so I'm. I feel like I'm always talking about some new chapter that I've just listened to. Yeah. What's um, do you have any book suggestions that you've recently finished? Atomic Habits was one, and then I just more recently finished Do Less by Kate Northwell. I think okay. That's her name, but that was very good. Yeah, I've heard of that one, and I've been wanting to read it. Okay, well, thank you for those suggestions, and thanks for coming on the show. It was just so fun to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me.
I hope you loved this conversation today. I hope that it encouraged you in some way today, friend. Like I said, it really did encourage me, especially this concept of this idea of showing up for our days. I've in fact been reflecting on that for a while now, and this is something that I decided to take with me into this new year as actually my word, or I guess I should say phrase for the year. And I did set a word for the year prior to 2020, kind of in December, and that word was authentic. I set that word because I just wanted to feel like I could be myself in every situation that came this year, and I wanted to show up as myself. And the more I reflected on this question of how can I show up in this situation, I realized that authentic wasn't really my word. Show up was my word slash phrase for the year because I, it just felt more actionable for me. It just felt like what I needed to be about this year is just showing up for my life, being awake to my days, being awake to my life, and being present in the moments that I'm in, whatever that looks like, whether it's being present in my work while I'm talking to you here, or being present with my daughter when she's awake and when I'm needing to take care of her, being present for my family, being present in the slow moments, just showing up there, showing up in those moments, and reminding myself that that's really What this is about is how can we show up the best that we can with what we have as we are remembering that and remembering this phrase show up throughout these days throughout the beginning of 2020 has really helped me become more present and has helped in the moments when I'd like to retreat, I'd like to just let life happen. It's helped me remember to be more, like I said, awake to my life and see the beauty in it and see how I can serve and love the people around me. So that's what showing up looks like for me right now. And that's how it's a huge part of my life right now and a huge concept that has been huge for me. So I'm thankful for this conversation with Megan that had kind of first brought up that idea of showing up for me. I have it on a bracelet now. (laughs) I had a friend make a hand stamp bracelet for me for 2020 and I wear it every single day. And I wear it on the bottom of my wrist and I just look at it and it encourages me. So how can you show up? How can you how can you show up as you are in this situation today and whatever your life requires of you today? How can you just show up? How can you be awake to it? How can you be present? And sometimes that looks like what Megan and I talked about here, just you know, putting yourself together a little bit so that you feel more ready for the day. I know that's something that I have been doing every day, and I've been doing that for a long time. It just makes me feel better. There's really no deeper explanation to it that I've taken 15 minutes on myself to get myself ready. Maybe it looks like something else. Maybe it just looks like being more present, putting your phone down like we talked about in the last episode with Kylie of Raising Savers. I just wanted to encourage you to pause and reflect on this concept because it is very powerful. I am so glad you're here listening into Minimalish and I am thankful for you. Remember to check out the Patreon page. I kind of threw that out there at the beginning, but I am so excited about it. I just want you to know I am so grateful that anyone would want to support through Patreon, but most of all, I'm so excited about this book club. So hop on over there, see what it's all about. All right, friend, I will talk to you next week on another episode of Minimalish.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.